0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. If
1: you're an
0: American and you're professing to be a Christian, well, of course, as American citizens, what we want is accountable leadership. Engaged in the political process, Honest. you, my friend, are part of the problem and not the solution. The church needs to rise, rise. The
1: Monica, Monica show.
0: show. Welcome back to the Monica Matthew Show. Happy Monday, America. Faith, life, politics was my coming out of the shoot show five years ago on Terrestrial Radio. Now we're like life, love, liberty, all that good stuff, but mainly. Uh, encouraging you to keep your head up and your eyes open and your ears open and your heart liable. Oh my gosh. So in my prayer time this morning, I said, you know, I'd like to make a commitment this week, Lord, to not cussing on social media. I really hate it. It's a bad, bad, bad habit. Uh, I realize that. But the second I got on Twitter, the, the first thing I saw was a commercial uh sponsored by oh gosh who was that hold on it was so awful and i thought oh it was netflix of course it was it was netflix and netflix is promoting uh basically cis gender friendly things uh hold on i'm i'm going to see if i can i'm going to see if i can play this for you uh it it was truly like really I mean, here I am trying to like not cuss. Okay, hold on. Let's see if we can get it from the beginning.
1: is 32 Burnhill Road still the current address? Yeah. Have you been giving him fluids? If he's dehydrated, we'll need to place an IV.
0: Have him change into this. I don't want the
1: blue one. Um. Well, I hear someone's not feeling well. Let's take a look at the-
0: Okay. Let me let me give you kind of a of a of a breakdown of what we're seeing right now, what you're hearing. Okay. There there are two. What appears to be little girls in the room. Um, there, there's clearly a well. I don't know. According to this, it might not be clear, but there is a black uh, young woman. She looks probably I don't know between nine and twelve years old. She's seated in a in a in a hospital seat, and she's brought this other little child in who's white, who has long blonde hair, is wearing kind of a rainbow shirt with unicorn, and you know looks somewhat like she could be a girl. Has the name Bailey. Okay, so um, Netflix is sponsoring this commercial, if you will. Saying when Bailey comes down with a fever, Marianne rushes her to the hospital, where two doctors misgender her. Okay, so the so the adult voices you're hearing are the nurse and the doctor. Okay, let's go back.
1: Okay. Took a while, but we finally found a file for a Bailey Del Vecchio. Is 32 Hill Road still the current address? Yeah. Have you been giving him fluids? If he's dehydrated, we'll need to place an IV. Have him change into this. I don't want like the blue one. Um, well... I hear someone's not feeling well. Let's take a look at the little man. Can I please talk to you two outside? I know that you guys are busy, but as you would see, if you looked at her and not her chart, Bailey is not a boy. And by treating her like one, you are completely ignoring who she is. You're making her feel insignificant and humiliated, and that's not gonna help her feel good or safe or calm. So, from here on out, please recognize her for who she is. And if at all possible, could you find me a non-blue hospital gown? I apologize.
0: Okay, America. This is on Netflix. If you do not step up right now and start voicing your voices against this complete demonic madness, you're going to lose the country to something Equally, and in in some cases, far more sinister than a shamdemic that collapses the economy. I cannot stress this enough. And so, naturally, you know, my commitment to not cuss today on social media, or this week rather, completely annihilated within the first 20 seconds I was on uh, Twitter. Because I could not believe my ears and my eyes They are convincing your children, and it's happening in your public schools. For those of you who are so upset because your kids can't go back to school, I would say find a private school. uh, Keep pushing for reallocation of funds to private schools for you to be able to afford them if you can't. Make sure they're Christian-oriented, though, and that they are actually doctrinally sound. Otherwise, do the country a favor and homeschool. I don't want to hear you don't know how to do it. There are too many programs out there to do it, and I am not the sharpest tool in the shed, and I successfully homeschooled my child until she was old enough to understand just how crazy this world is. Until she was old enough to get it into her spirit what the truth is. And trust me, we are still, uh, you know, undoing some of the things that were taught to her from a left coast university. And I'll just leave it at that. But this whole cisgender and everyone's voice deserves to be heard, you know, coming from a spiritual perspective. And that's the only perspective I have from, from the kingdom of God's perspective, you have order and you have disorder. You have boys and you have girls, you have man and you have woman. So anything aside from that is attempting to erect itself above the knowledge of God. And it really is just that simple. If you're a believer, that's how simple it should be for you. That's how simple it could be for you. And for those of you who think, well, it doesn't really affect me, no, it does affect you. Your rights will become affected. Your the things that people fought long, women's suffrage, uh, you know, women equality, all those things that we already know we are okay, but here as it you know meets itself out in the earth, all these s- systems. All these marches that took place in order for women to have, you know, equal rights. What, do you understand what's going to happen to that? You will become a blob. You're, the Supreme Court's agreeing with it. John Roberts actually just agreed with that just, what, about a month ago? With regard to sex and what equals, what is sex? The 1964 definition of sex no longer applies to the 2020 definition of sex according to your Supreme Court. Do you remember that conversation we had? Serious, serious times that we live in. I cannot stress this enough. You have got to have the conversation with your kids because I guarantee you there's probably 20 trannies that they're following on TikTok on any given day and it has become normalized And there's nothing normal about a little girl, about a little boy whose name is Bailey, lying in a hospital bed with a butterfly. Sorry, it was a unicorn or rainbow. It was a butterfly on his shirt because he's dressed as a girl with long blonde hair. The doctor gets the actual biological physiological file so that he knows how to contend. He and she, the nurse, know how to contend with whatever's going on with this child and now they've got to contend with a 12 year old snothead telling them that no, Bailey's not really a boy. Clearly, Bailey's a girl because Bailey's wearing girl clothes and has long hair. Now, how are you going to be able to allocate funds to women's issues, women's health issues? How are you going to distinguish between all of that before? Hell, we have to share our periods with men. I mean, where does it end? J.K. Rowling right now, the author of all the Harry Potter series. uh, I mean, just Uber sickeningly wealthy has caught more than her share and super occultic as far as I'm concerned has caught more than her fair share of grief because she refuses to ascribe to the transgender cause. And she's very vocal about it or has been catches an enormous amount of flack for that, but she's not wrong. So, Little old you to uh, fantastically famous and and uber wealthy her, uh, we're all catching it. If you're going to stand against it and stand in truth and elect people who will do the same thing, who will not cave to this type of Netflix drama, you're going to have to start standing. You're going to have to suffer the consequences along with the rest of us. People don't like this. Mainstream media, mainstream radio outlets, they do not like these conversations. I'm just telling you. And the left hates it, so they come after your advertisers, and before you know it, you're being asked to tamper down your conversations. Can't you just be a little nicer? No, not whenever it comes to an ultimate spirit of confusion that resides and is overtaking the land of my nation. No, I cannot be a little bit nicer. And in ministry, I've sat across from too many people who are still suicidal after whacking their genitalia off after having things tucked and nipped and sewn and, and, you know, colored and dyed and fried and laid to the side. I mean, they are still just as depressed and just as homicidal and suicidal as they were before all of that nipping and tugging. Because someone didn't stop take the time to tell them that they're listening to a spirit of confusion and that genetically there may very well be a genetic code of confusion within their body, but nothing's too great for the Holy Spirit of God and for the blood of Christ. And that is not some wackadoo ministerial model of um, what what is that that stuff that people are reprogramming. No, it's called washing your mind by the washing of the water of the word. If more of the church would actually do that, we would see people set free. We would be setting the captives free, which is our number one call to set them free and to disciple. It's not enough just to uh, lead someone to freedom. Most people need discipleship and that's where we fall greatly within the body. We fall and now we can't even meet in order to disciple. We're discipling on Zoom, if that. So now what? How many people do you know are actually discipling? I mean, we we do not value our elderly. We see them as a liability. We see them as, you know, the things that we just shove into a home more often than not. And, I, and I'm not shaming those of you whose parents have major medical issues that you simply cannot take care of at home. This doesn't apply to you. But ad nauseum, we just dump our old people off in homes and God forbid if they live in New York, God help you, but in the state of New York, but this is, this is really who we are as a nation. And it's, and I've got to tell you, other cultures look at us like, wow, for all of your wealth, the condition of your spirit and your soul as a nation towards your elders is really abysmal. And I hear it from my family in Greece and in Germany. And they live on top of each other like they got four story houses and you got four different generations in that house. And they take care of one another, they look after each other, they cook meals, they wash clothes, they bitch and moan and groan and celebrate and toast life and death and baptisms and you know, religion and talk about politics. I mean, that's they have coffee, break bread. They fuss, they fight, they make up. I mean, it's that's life for a lot of my European family, so they can't understand the way we live here. That's not to say they don't have nursing homes, because they do, but by and large, they take care of their own. Speaking of our elders, would you believe that uh, John Lewis still has not made his way to his final resting place? I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I'm like, again, just kind of going back to biblical times, which we're in them still, but whenever I think about you know, someone can be just absolutely mm, rotten, um, you know, when they're alive, and without fail, people will honor them in death. And I'm not saying that uh, Representative John Lewis, the, the late Representative John Lewis, was rotten. I'm just saying he didn't, he didn't really do a whole lot in 30-plus years for, for his district, and I live in his district. So w- when you see um, some of the um, disparity in his district that he, a black man led, you understand, you start to understand why me, the white person who lives in his district doesn't bow to placing a black lives matter sign on my lawn. I don't get excited about the fact that he was a civil rights, uh, person that sure he marched side by side of Dr. King. A lot of people did. And a lot of people have profited greatly off of that as well. Speaking of people, who have profited off that and continue to do so. Uh, Here's one of my favorite King family members, uh, Bernice King, who's telling us how she feels about Representative John Lewis. After my father's assassination, he was
1: one of a few who continued to remain committed to nonviolence as a philosophy, a methodology, and a way of life.
0: Nonviolence. Okay, so I want to ask you something. Um, Would you consider it violent? I mean, like, I understand I'm about to get into some some semantics here, but would you consider it violent um, that your district is largely impoverished, that that you don't go to D.C. and do everything you can to fight for more opportunities as a black man for your district, to bring more money back to your district, to bring more opportunities back to your district, who's predominantly black, I might add, the district. So that type of lack of of leadership in Congress leads to a violent life back here at home. So he may not have been cheering for a violence, but as we see, you know, silent marches apparently only get you so far. I mean, God, good grief, I'm wondering how much longer we're going to allow this to happen. Over the weekend here in the city of Atlanta, um, our ICE building was um, was vandalized, and they went after that. Because they're standing in solidarity. We'll get to that in a minute. Solidarity to Portland, Oregon, and their rioters and their terrorists, because that's what they are. So I'm asking myself, where are the National Guard members here in the state of Georgia? Where are they stationed other than outside of the governor's mansion? Okay, back to John Lewis. The man still has not made his final resting place. He will lie in state at the U.S. Capitol today and tomorrow. He will finally make his way to his gravesite on Thursday. His funeral is here at Ebenezer Church in Atlanta, Georgia. And, you know, and just thinking back to people, I mean, even Nixon. I mean, people, you know, people who were shamed or who were just kind of run out of office or stepped in it, uh, you know, when they die, I think as Americans, we just kind of, you know, inherently feel like, oh, shh, they're dead. So, it's you know, we canonize them, especially if they've done at least one thing worth remembering right and that to me is weird because i don't abide by that i think you can finish really crappy i think you can start out well and i think how you finish matters and you'll forgive me but in the case of representative john lewis and i know you know it's not kind to speak ill of the dead i'm not speaking ill of the dead i'm speaking honestly and i know that bothers some people but again want you to go back and look at anything he's done for his district in the 30 plus years that he quote served this district and then we can talk about the canonization of representative john lewis Uh, Speaking of people who have passed away recently, uh, Regis Philbin passed away this weekend, 88 years old, holds the Guinness World Book of of Records uh, for having the longest amount of hours, the most amount of hours on television, over 16,000 hours. That's crazy. I hope to be remembered most for... 17,000 hours in front of a television camera. Is that enough for you? (laughs) That's Kelly Ripa. And she's talking about what she hopes to be, uh, you know, remembered for as well as him. So he, you know, gave us a lot of laughs, a lot of entertaining. Many of us woke up in the mornings with him. Uh, gosh, Regis and Kelly, what was her name? Well, uh, Regis and Kelly. And then we also had Kathy Lee. That's right. Uh, so Kelly Ripa and Kathy Lee. Oh my goodness. We watched them for how many years, uh, and I don't know about you, but I never felt like, you know, it was very partisan, or maybe it's just because I wasn't paying attention to that. But, you know, I mean, they gave a lot of voice to Hollywood uh, types and, and uh, entertainment people. But for the most part, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I never really saw that through the lens of anything political. Uh, if I did, um, it, it would have been balanced, at least, with, uh, with Kathy Lee and her conservatism and Christianity Uh, That She's very vocal about, by the way, but uh, what a great show. So he is a, uh, he's a loss to our community for sure. All right. So I want to touch on the sports uh, issue that we've got going on around the country with all major league sports. Some of you felt like hockey uh, was left out of the equation. I said, I'm not watching any form of sports. Uh, this season and probably not in the near future um, or the distant future, but golf is kind of like the last bastion of patriotism or something that has not uh, become held hostage by politics. But apparently that uh, I did not see this, but the uh, Seattle storm and New York Liberty walked off the court as the national anthem played. So they've, they took it a, uh, they took it a step further. They jointly dedicated twenty seven twenty six 26 seconds of silence and uh, they've dedicated the entire season to Brianna Taylor. Uh, some of you may not realize who that is, but that's the WNBA. Of course, I, I don't think I've ever seen a, a, a game of the WNBA. And if someone gave one to me, I probably wouldn't use it yeah, either. First of many ways that we will see WNBA plays, players using their voices all season long. This is nothing new for these women. They have been proactive when it comes to speaking out on social injustices for the life of the WNBA. Social injustices. So someone's going to have to clue me in on what the social injustices are that they are speaking out against. Again, uh, the Atlanta Braves decided to take to bat with their uh, Black Lives Matter t-shirts on. Apparently that was mandated. I have no idea by whom. That's just what I've heard. I don't care. I still think they're punks and I will not be watching. Nor will I spend my money or my time or my cable on watching any form of the NFL. Um, I don't know about you, but it's... It's, it's sad to me also because so many young children, um, yeah, some inordinately so others just enjoy it. You know, I think team sports is a positive thing. I grew up playing team sports, so I'm all about it. A lot of valuable lessons come out of that. Uh, but this is, you know, this is the climate in which we live. If you're not going to start, um, if you're not going to be the coach that steps up, then who will and who will lead this generation uh, back to their sanity. Kind of like this guy, uh, Coach Jason Glenn. I believe he is from Texas. He is from Spring, Texas. You can find him at or Weebly, sorry, com. Coach Glenn, with two N's, Oak.Weebly.com. He is from Spring, Texas. He is a seven-year veteran of the NFL, and he believes that uh, young men of all colors um, should play and play to win and this is how you do it.
1: You need to decide that. And you decide that by their heart, their character, and how they treat others. If you got somebody at home that's teaching you about hating somebody because of the color of their skin, Come talk to me. I, I want to be part of the solution of making everybody come together. We're family, Miss Stacy. We're family. Not just my beautiful wife and kids. Yeah, that's my family. My family is here too. We're family, Coach Carl. Love you, Coach Carl. Not because of the color of your skin, because I know what type of person you are. Love you. What is this program about? What is the program about? What is the program about to raise great young men? What is the program about to raise great young men? And it starts with loving everybody, not just the people, you know, not the people that have your same race, your skin color. It's everybody.
0: Amen. Coach, that's pretty awesome. Right? So see, there are still some folks out there and uh, clearly some people made it out of the NFL with their head and their heart on straight. Uh, So we do appreciate that. So, Hey, are you going to be that coach? I mean, I know many of you are disgruntled, your kids, you know, you just feel completely helpless, and I'm here to tell you you're not. I mean, maybe what you do is start creating little conservative, uh, conservative teams. And see, people will shame you for doing that. They absolutely will. They will shame you because they'll say, oh, you're creating little silos. You know, but I mean, the, the deal is not the kids. The deal is navigating the parents. So if you could create a team where everybody can get along and not be crazy and not be divided because of politics, good on you. But if you can't, don't sit around and 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 be mad. Do something. Create little teams and where of people who will agree, people who will sign a document at the beginning of your season that says, the second someone politicizes anything about your team, they are gone. They are evicted. They are otherwise exiled. They are kicked off of the island. See, there are ways to get around this stuff. You just have to, you know, we got to get our stones back. We got to get our hearts and our minds right again. Amen? So I want to encourage you. If you're upset because your kids have been kicked off a team or they won't wear a mask. And so I have friends whose kids have, they are amazing little athletes and they're sitting home because they just refuse to wear a mask because they understand the science behind breathing in your own air um, and being masked and um, reducing your oxygen intake while you're playing a sport in 97 degree heat, right? So they're being ostracized or being kicked off of their teams. And I want to encourage you to take the ball back from these crazies who are trying to run the country into the ground. And they're going to do it one generation at a time. So if you value sports, get a neighborhood game together. But if you want to put a team together, put one together, create your own league. And here's the deal. No one, the first parent who shows up with a BLM shirt or vote Trump. like I'm, I'm saying this is across the board. Like no one shows up with anything at all. Wear American flag an American flag. Perfect wear it proud all day but in terms of like partisan efforts and and social justice crap sign up you're signing a contract at the beginning of the season here's the deal you don't want to be a part of it don't join us and don't try to sue us either because we're not going there so once your name is on the dotted line this is what this is our private organization this is what we ascribe to you in you out that's it pretty simple right well you would think so but we do live in a very litigious society so good luck with that okay. So I want I want to end the show today with this. I tweeted something out that was slightly cryptic earlier today, and I told you that I was going to start the conversation on this. And I'm really hoping that there, I'm hoping that there will be others um, who will lead the charge on this. Um, Bill Gates and Melinda Gates, and the Gates Foundation, has um, has recently spoken out about their uh, desire to bring forth a vaccine, and they will serve the Black community first. They will serve the black community the vaccine first because they see them as the most vulnerable to uh, COVID-19. So this will be a COVID-19 vaccination. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit further down this rabbit hole this week, uh, not wearing my tinfoil hat, just bringing you information from various sources and you can make up your own mind, just, which is exactly what I do. I would encourage you to do your own research and then start speaking. Do not just keep the information to yourself, especially whenever it comes to your elderly. Circling back around to our elderly. My father, 88 years old when he passed, refused to take a flu shot. He said, why would I give myself the flu? Why would I do that? Some of you think that's crazy. Some of you think, oh my gosh, vaccinations have absolutely saved our lives. And and I'm not denying the fact that there have been things eradicated, but yeah, maybe not. I mean, they do tend to come back around. Polio is a prime example. Uh, gosh, we have we now have syphilis issues across the world. Uh, talk about an egregious, awful thing. Uh, but you know, man's attempt to always make things better in their mm, seemingly altruistic endeavors um, is 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 inherent when there's a. Uh, a there's 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 a form of godliness to that I believe if, if you are a godly person and someone who well, rather if you're a theistic person a deistic person in the way of there's only one God right and you believe that he is good. And that, and he's not cisgendered by the way, that he, Father God, is good. And that he desires for his creation to be healthy. And we know that if you read back through the Torah. If you go back into the ancient scriptures, you will see that God's perfection of us as created beings is how he intended things to be. Because he looked at us and he said everything was good, including us. Then sin came into the world and so did disease. He also outlines in innumerable chapters in the Torah how to keep yourself from falling sick. How to keep yourself from the curse of sickness? How to eat clean? How to behave clean? How to think and feel clean? Cleanliness was a big deal with God and still is. A lot of people believe that cleanliness is the closest thing to godliness, right? They are, uh, they are uh, not mutually exclusive. And so, and I would happen to agree with that because I'm German and we're just a little anal retentive that way. But um, I may or may not take three showers a day in the summer. <laughs> Oh, can't wait to see my eyeballs about that <laughs> but because I don't, you know, I love sweating. I don't particularly like the byproduct of how that smells after a while. So cleanliness is close to godliness. Amen. However, uh, you got to wonder, what are some people trying to cleanse the earth from? <laughs> so Margaret Sanger thought she was doing the blacks a favor and the in the world a favor by eradicating the world of blacks. And for the love of God, I do not understand why blacks cannot read a history book. In, and like the majority of my black friends will not read a history book and understand that this woman was not in your corner. And the only thing I can think is that it really is a covering of scales that are over the eyes of a generation of black people who have completely left God. All those old Negro spirituals, all the things, we can still say that, right? Well, of course I can, because I'm no longer on, you know, uh, uh, on, on Big Brother Media. But all of the old Negro spirituals, how do you think people made it out alive with any hope intact, with any joy? Because they sang about the promises of God. They sang about overcoming. And so even in the midst of their oppression, in the midst of their of their captivity, God was there and ultimately saw them out of their captivity. I absolutely believe that. And people this day and age would have you believe that, well, because it was a white guy, it wasn't really being let out of captivity. Because, see, we're not allowed to celebrate anything that's not black. I digress. So let's back up to the... Uh, To the vaccination. So, for some of you who are like, well, you know, he's Bill Gates. I mean, you know, I mean, for the longest time, I too kind of saw him as like an Oprah kind of figure that was, you know, benign for the most part, other than just making people feel good and, you know, bringing technological advances into the earth. And, you know, how bad could he be? But what you begin to realize about Mr. Gates is that he has a lust for vaccinations. And some people feel that that comes from a philanthropic heart. But once you realize the price tag that's attached to these vaccinations and the fact that they are patented by the Gates Foundation, not as if they need any more money. Some of you are like, well, yeah, but gosh, he gets hundreds of millions of dollars away every year. Well, of course he does. I mean, of course he does. And and it's not necessarily because he's so philanthropic. So can we just get honest about that? But I I really want to caution you about getting on board with this COVID nineteen vaccination, and I'm going to go through why for the remainder of the week. We're going to talk about this a little bit every day, but I want to start. I want to start by reading something to you. Uh, and this was this was published in April of 2020. Uh, modified. This is an ongoing thing. Modified July 21st. Okay, and it's um it's on greatgameindia.com, dot Okay. Uh, I'm going to read just a little bit of this to you. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., the nephew of former American president John F. Kennedy, is a in a lengthy piece exposed Bill Gates' agenda in India and his obsession with vaccines. Interestingly, as great Game uh, India readers may recall, Jr. Kennedy's message came, comes days after Robert Kennedy's granddaughter and her son were found dead in suspicious circumstances. Almost as if sounding a warning to the impending tragedy on the Kennedy family, legendary American Bob Dylan came out out of a decade-long isolation to revive JFK murder mystery with a cryptic single. I know nothing about that. Okay. A month later, based on an intercepted human intelligence report, a controversy erupted in Nigeria, whereby it was revealed that Bill Gates offered $10 million bribe for a forced vaccination program for coronavirus to the Nigerian House of Representatives. In Robert Kennedy Jr.'s own words, vaccines for Bill Gates are a strategic philanthropy that feed his many vaccine-related businesses, including Microsoft's ambition, get this, to control a global vaccination ID enterprise and give him dictatorial control of global health policy. Gates' obsession with vaccines seems to be fueled by a conviction to save the world with technology. Remember, not all convictions are bad, but how you get there matters and your motives matter. Promising his share of $450 million of a $1.2 billion to eradicate polio, Gates took control of India's National Technical Advisory Group on Immunization, that's the NTAGI which mandated up to 50 doses of polio vaccines through overlapping immunization programs to children before the age of five. Indian doctors blame the Gates campaign for a devastating non-polio acute flaccid para- paralysis epidemic that paralyzed 490,000 children beyond expected rates between 2000 and 2017. In 2017, the Indian government dialed back Gates's vaccine regimen and asked Gates and his vaccine policies to leave India. The MPAFP rates dropped precipitously. In 2017, WHO, the World Health Organization, reluctantly admitted that the global explosion in polio is predominantly vaccine strain. The most frightening epidemics in Congo, Afghanistan, and the Philippines are all linked to vaccines in fact, by 2018, 70% of global polio cases were vaccine strain. In 2014, the Gates Foundation funded tests of experimental HPV vaccines developed by Glax- Glaxo- GlaxoSmithKline, forgive me, and Merck on 23,000 young girls in remote Indian provinces. Approximately 1200 suffered severe side effects including autoimmune and fertility disorders. Seven died. Indian government investigations charge that Gates-funded researchers committed pervasive ethical violations, pressuring vulnerable village girls into the trial, bullying parents, forging consent forms, and refusing medical care to the injured girls. This case is now in the country's Supreme Court. I could go on about African deaths and seizures and kids and babies and vaccinations. But I, I want to back up to this, to a Merck uh, advertisement I saw on Twitter. And I retweeted it the other day. If you're not following me, you should. It's Monica on your talk on Twitter. But I retweeted it the other day because I was so angry when I saw it. Again, it's a very cute, innocent ad of teenage girls sitting around talking. And um, and they want you, the parent, to be able to talk to them about, um, you know, their sexual health and the, and the danger of, of, uh, human papillorus uh, virus, uh, HPV, um, HPV, uh, causes warts. It can cause warts. It depends on where the virus resides in the body, but it can cause warts on your hands, on your toes, on your skin. Um, vaginal warts are things are, are what this particular, uh, Gardasil vaccination is for, Uh, Genital warts can land on the cervix of a female. Um, I almost said something a little snarky with regard to, I'm not sure where that lands on the cisgenders, but on a female, on a biological female, one of your precious daughters who takes this vaccination, um, uh, it is supposed to deter the growth of this human papillus virus. Okay. And if in, if, in fact, it changes, it alters the cells on the cervix because of these um, warts, cervical warts, which is usually perpetuated by sexual intercourse and having multiple sex partners on top of that, um, it can turn to cervical cancer. The incidence is extremely low, although they're not going to tell you that. So what happens with some of these young women I can attest to testimonies from people who have come to me from my friends and from listeners alike that what I just read to you has in fact happened. I was bullied in my own daughter's pediatrician's office to give her this vaccination on more than one occasion. I was nearly threatened for not giving her this vaccination uh, at the time, my daughter was uh, struggling with ulcerative colitis and could not take a live vaccine. They tried to tell me it wasn't live. We got off the hook just because I said, hell no, we won't go. Uh, and I would have actually ended up in jail if I, if need be uh, to circumvent this vaccination. Now my daughter uh, thanks me for that because she's done her own research. Some of my friend's daughters have had things like PCOS develop out of this, which is polycystic, um, um ovary syndrome so you've got you know giant uh uh tumors that are benign but uh you know you you've got cysts on your ovaries that cause you to bleed extraordinarily they're endocrine disruptors um you get massive uh weight gain um you know irritability i mean it's just it's a fertility issue for some women as well it depends on how big these things get inside of their uterus they can grow to be the size of grapefruits some women can conceive with them some cannot there have been fertility issues for some of my friends and their kids who have taken this. I did not realize this, but they're prescribing it to your boys as well. There have been fertility, uh, suggestions of fertility issues with young men. I want to ask you something. You're dealing. Have you thought about this? You're dealing with a, a demographic of individuals who believe there are too many people on the planet. I know for those of us who are sane and reasonably thinking humans and and primarily God-fearing humans on top of that, right? Who don't really uh enjoy sitting in the seat of God in in his um in 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 all of his glory to decide who who stays and who goes, right? But there are some people who believe that the planet and the animals are more important than God's creation his additional creation, and his most prized creation, which is us. And so if we're not going to be responsible human beings with the planet, and there are too many of us here, um, they believe the only way to save the planet is to ensure that there aren't more of us here than need to be. Survival of the fittest. I mean, we essentially live in the era of Darwinism on steroids, but no one calls it that. So when I think about the number of black people who will sign up, ad nauseum for this vaccination and, and there, and we're going to go over some of the things that are, that have been, that have been, um, have been reported that are in this vaccination that make up this vaccination. I'm going to try to have, uh, one of my sources on this week with us. So stay tuned to that. She is a medical doctor. She's an MD. She's not a quack. She's not a wackadoo. Um, and she is, legitimately concerned about what is in this vaccination now i want you to think about how sad this is black americans have been so convinced through this entire black lives matter bullshit movement excuse me that they cannot trust white people and they've been validated even if they held a suspicion. For any length of time, if maybe they were taught that, and they were just coming out of it, or maybe they're, they don't know what the word says, that we're all created equal, no matter what anyone's earthly constitution says, according to God, we're all equal, right? Um, so if their identity is not, you know, founded and rooted in, in, in the word of God, and they have been dragged off by this Leviathan, this hydra, if you will, this uh, socio- and geopolitical hydra that is taking down our nation right now, uh, one, one, uh, at a time, one protest, one night of rioting, uh, you know, one national guard deployment, one Antifa, you know, mom shot in the forehead with a, with a, uh, a paint gun. I'm not sad by the way, uh, a pellet gun. So, you know, one other thing at a time for black Americans to look at and go, you know what, we're substantiated in the in our belief, that we cannot trust our white brothers and sisters. Some of us are screaming from the rooftops, please do not line up for this vaccination. Please do not allow yourselves to be guinea pigs. Please do not think that there's not going, I'm I'm like the voice screaming in, in the wind to say, don't sign up for that abortion. You're going to regret it. And we need your children. We need your generations to come. We need you to get an identity, for you to get understanding of your value and your worth as a godly created individual. That's what we need. So please understand where abortion comes from. I mean, the ears have been turned off to this. The eyes have been glued shut. And what concerns me is that those of us who are white, who are saying, hey, we don't subscribe to the Black Lives Matter Uh, movement because we understand that it's Marxist and it's ultimately not about blacks at all. (laughs) It's not. It's not about blacks or whites for that matter. It is about a system. It is about a way of Leviathan life. And so I am calling upon my black brothers and sisters who have large audiences to please do your research and start the Clarion Call now. Because the way it's being advertised is that, you know, and I can hear the church saying amen to it already by saying, those who will who are last shall be first, and those who are first shall be last, right? Well, when it comes to eugenics, first is not where you want to be. You really don't want to be anywhere in the line, but you certainly don't want to be first. So, I, I mean, I cannot stress this enough for people to do their own research around these vaccinations. again, if they're telling you that the reason why the black community is susceptible to this virus more so than whites is because of other mitigating health issues like diabetes, like high uh, cholesterol, uh, morbid obesity. These are things within your control, type 2 diabetes particularly. I cannot speak to the science of type 1 diabetes. I I don't know if that can be eradicated by uh, diet. I know some of that you're predisposed genetically, but um, in some people who are very healthy deal with diabetes 1 as far as diabetes 2, which is who makes up the majority of our diabetic population these days because of morbid obesity and uh, cholesterol issues, cardiovascular issues, asthmatic issues. All of these things not only have spiritual roots to them as far as I'm concerned, 80% of all physical diseases that manifest, I believe, have a spiritual root to them. But I also believe there's a very simple component to this, which is called our choices. So I would much rather people be educated on how to no longer be obese and how to take care of themselves, but by loving themselves and by receiving the love of God first, Instead of looking for the love of God in reparations or in the eyes and in the arms of anyone else, whether they're white, purple, or black, or green, or golden, that's a good place to start. Amen. So I just want to encourage you to stay tuned this week. We're going to continue to have these conversations about this. And listen, this in the, I, I believe this article wholeheartedly about a global uh, vaccination program that you ultimately... You can't buy groceries without a face mask. So, and we have rolled over like a dog for a belly scratch on that, right? We have succumbed, we have given up our liberties so readily to say, okay, I haven't seen anyone take their local governments or retailers to task over this. I mean, in mass, I have not seen that happen. Because people don't know what to believe, and in the a, in a, in a world of radio, my manager used to always, or my agent used to always tell me, a confused mind always says no. Well, we're saying no to our freedoms because people are confused. I would encourage you to say no to the hysteria, and to say yes to the science about what type of mask you're using, what type of face covering are you using. So, I want to leave you with that today, to get yourself as educated as possible. Because if you can't buy groceries without a mask right now, what in the world do you think is a possibility of coming to you and your family in the way of vaccinations that could alter your very DNA and the generations to come after you? We're not going to have to worry about whether or not our uh, country looks the same and whether or not she's standing. We're, we're going to have to worry about whether or not our race as the human race even looks remotely like what God created us to be okay I will be back with you guys uh tomorrow and um I look forward to it I hope you're doing well I know it's rough out here keep your head up keep your heart intact more importantly keep your eyes open your ears open mouth closed more often that's my mantra not doing a very good job of living up to it monica on your talk on twitter itunes stitcher the monica matthews on facebook monica matthews.com be good to your neighbor beginning with yourself remember if you're an american act like one